Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cape Sports Now. Thanks for uh, joining us again. Today is October 1st, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Steve Dedarian, alongside my partner, Matt Goisman. Matt uh, had some really great matchups this past weekend. Um, some kind of some, I guess you can call them surprises, but um, certainly as we've reached over the halfway point of the uh, football season, especially, definitely some teams that really have stood out and, and really you know, definitely caught our attention, to say the least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, some of these are, are the teams we expected would catch our attention, but right. yeah, last week we got a couple of games that were, if we were going to be cliched, call them classics, but at right. least they were really great games. We got a couple of games that were kind of. A little, a little right. bit of struggles for both teams, but but the home team won, so good for them. Uh, but the two big games we want to uh, get into right away. The first one is uh, for football is Dennis, Dennis Yarmouth at Falmouth. Uh, that's Friday at 6 p.m. That game is basically the Atlantic Coast League Championship. Right. It's not official, but if Falmouth wins, they'll at least guarantee themselves a share of it. DY wins. They're on the inside track to win it because their games are all against, you know, they've got Marshfield left and not, you know, uh, Sandwich. So games mm-hmm. they'll be expected to win too. So this one really, this is for the league to, uh, on Friday. Yeah, it's pretty much come down to that. I think even the last two seasons. And DY has traditional, I mean, at least in recent years, I think they won seven of the last eight or something like that. But mm-hmm. I think you throw that history out this year because you look at Falmouth coming in undefeated at 4 0. Yep. Really has had. 3 0. Oh, sorry, that's right. They yeah, played they one fewer game yeah, than... 3-0, 2-0 right, in the league. That's right. Sorry, thanks for that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Falmouth definitely had to overcome, I think, a few more obstacles, especially with injuries early in the mm-hmm. year. But, boy, quarterback Kyle Connolly certainly looked healthy the other night against uh, Sandwich, throwing for three touchdowns, which yeah. I think if you're any opposition running a triple option and that quarterback throws for three touchdowns, that has to make you pretty nervous. Yeah, and he also ran for two in 129 right. yards, so he is just getting more and more healthy as he recovers from an ankle injury that he suffered mm-hmm. during the preseason. You know, Falmouth is just doing what they do every year. You mentioned the triple mm-hmm. option and against Sandwich, who they, they you know, beat pretty easily uh, um, last week. That's all they did. You know, it was either Connolly running or throwing, or he would give it to Jake Murphy, who has really, you know, emerged as a really strong fullback, mm-hmm. or they'll try some kind of sweep end around pitch out option with somebody like either Trevor Nunes or maybe an Aiden Washington, right. you know, DY, I think it's not hard to know what Falmouth is going to do. Falmouth doesn't change. It hasn't changed its system since Derek Almeida took over the program. Mm-hmm. You know, what helped Kyle Connolly a lot last week was that he had two receivers, Kyle Cardoza and Marcus Gonzalez, who sandwich kept matching up one-on-one. They never really brought a lot of help over the top. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is Gonzalez and Cardoza would just run by their defender, get the ball on, you know, usually about a 30-yard pass, and then they wouldn't be caught for the next, you know, 30 yards, Mm -hmm. 40 yards, whatever it is, on the way to a touchdown. Now, D.Y.'s defensive backs are a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if they have anybody who's really, like, tall enough to match up with Cardoza, who's built like a defensive end because he's a defensive end. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But if uh, Cardozo catches the ball, I don't know that you can count on the same yards after catch that made for like such long touchdowns against Sandwich. So it's really going to be sort of, I think that in miniature is the whole story of, of Falmouth DY, which is size versus speed. Right. Well, I think the big thing, and I mentioned Connolly throwing for three touchdown passes, because against a triple option, I mean, DUI's got to be really careful about stacking the box. Mm-hmm. Because if you let those guys, even Aiden Washington, you mentioned too, get loose, right. it's going to be a long night for the Dolphins. So Absolutely. it's really, you know, against a triple option, I guess you try to stop the run first. But if the pass is just as much of a threat, well, then, you know, you have to rethink what you're doing with your right. defense and kind of give them different looks and not kind of give a tell on what kind of defense you're you know, preparing for. And that's you what you can't guess because if you guess wrong, you're going to get beat. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's exactly what made Falmouth so dangerous two years ago right. when they went undefeated and won the state championship is they had some very good runners. Michael LaFrange obviously was kind of their big, their big back. You know, they could go around on pitch outs and things like that too if they wanted to. But Nick Kug could run and he could throw. And he would beat guys on the same deep kinds of deep routes uh, with receivers like Gene Vasquez that mm-hmm. Connolly on last week was doing with Marcus Gon- uh, Gonzalez and Kyle Cardoza. Right. And that's not taking away from DY either. I mean, they certainly have plenty of playmakers, at least on the offensive Absolutely. side. Quarterback Peyton Doyle, I think, is going to have a pretty good game. I think he can methodically, you know, move the ball down the field against Falmouth's defense. Mm-hmm. And what was kind of refreshing is, you know, we talked about it in the past, Darian Thompson had a really nice job running the ball. Yeah, two touchdowns last week. So I think that got his confidence up a little bit. Definitely. Um, you know, Daquan Phillips emerged as another target, you know, downfield. You know, obviously Jeffrey Jamiel is going to be there. But, you know, you mentioned Falmouth's defensive side. You know, Trevor Noon's chances are he's going to match up against Jamiel or mm-hmm. definitely trying to take away DY's best offensive option. Yep which so far has been Jamiel. So, again, I'm sure Falmouth will give different looks to try to, you know, force D.Y. to do different things. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Nunes was definitely certainly a good playmaker on defense and certainly a guy that D.Y. is going to try to avoid as much as possible. No, I agree. I, I think this is going to be a very big test for D.Y.'s offensive line because you do have a right. Falmouth defense that's got guys like Kyle Cardoso, that's got Murphy. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a number of players on that team who are very good at getting through lines, and getting to the quarterback. Right. So if Darian Thompson can be really effective, mm-hmm. then that may give Peyton Doyle enough time to find a guy like Jaquan Phillips, who does a little bit more of his work over the middle of the field, right. or Jeffrey Jamiel, who is their best deep threat, uh, hands down. I don't, I don't think that's really disputable. But if the line breaks down, and this is still a, you know, a relatively new offensive line, Doyle may not have enough time to get rid of the ball and be as effective with it. Yeah. I could see him running a little bit. Not necessarily oh, for I his definitely life. think he's going to run. Not for run for his life or anything like that, but definitely get out of the pocket, try to look for, you know, kind of broken plays and other mm-hmm. opportunities for someone to get free. So We may also see some kind of bubble passes, screen pass kind of stuff. You know, if they are stacking and they are forcing quicker throws, mm. then you probably are going to have more open yardage just outside the box. So maybe you'd mm-hmm. throw like a little thing to Jeffrey Jamiel and see what he can do one-on-one with the defensive back. Right. And we were talking before the show, you know, last, uh, last two years it's been a blowout for the home team in mm-hmm. each side. Um, I would be very surprised if that was the same this year. Yeah, I, I think maybe whoever wins wins it maybe by eight or maybe like 15, something like that. But right. I don't think it'll be much uh, more of a disparity than that. And then whoever wins that, that's pretty much it. They, they, right. they won't clinch, but they'll either clinch a share or – be expected to win the ACL out of that. Right. So that's a 6 p.m. game uh, at Gulf Fuller Field. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Dennis Jarvis at Falmouth. Um, definitely want to talk a little bit about Mashby. Absolutely. Unbelievable. It might have been the best football game of the year up in a 21-20 to victory at Abington. Mm-hmm. Tough environment. They do the, you know, Abington does like the Clemson, you know, run through the stadium to, to come onto the field. It's a very difficult place to win. And it, it took all four quarters. And, oh, yeah. And a big dose of Devon Ford, who is just incredible. You know, it's hard when, you know, at the beginning of last year, you saw Mashpee, you know, pretty much putting the game away in the first half. Mm-hmm. You didn't get to see Ford for four quarters. But a great effort. You know, had all three touchdowns, ran for two, caught one, uh, over 200 all-purpose yards. And yep. then on defense, stepped in with two interceptions, including one in the red zone. Yeah, so. I think it was in the end zone. Yeah, it was in the end zone, right. Yeah, um, Ford was I mean, we talk about Devon Ford every week. He's right. an exceptional athlete who can play really well on three phases of the game, really, because he, he can do kick returning and, and right. punt returning and stuff like that as well. You know, this was a good – this was the best test match we could ask for. The, you right. know, last year was much like this year where they were blowing a lot of teams out, and then they get to uh, Blackstone Valley Tech in the state finals, and they test them. They force Mashby to play mm-hmm. floor quarters, and Mashby stepped up, and they were able to pull that one out. It's good to see Mashby have a game where they don't put the game away early, where, right. where Matraveri can see, can his team buckle down? Can his team play well from behind late? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you can never expect you're going to be leading by a lot come the playoffs or certainly the state semis or finals. And, and I think Mashby, who's now won 24 straight games, is absolutely expecting that they're going to be in contention for another spot in the right. state tournament. So. Mm-hmm. But adding to that, Mark, 24 straight wins now. With one more, they would tie King Phillips' mark from last season. Mm-hmm. Ended ended at the beginning of this year, yep. but um, it's not a record. But to, you know, to surpass that would certainly be pretty amazing. Um, and again, I think they will because right. you know they have Cohasset, and on paper this seems like a, a very good matchup. Obviously, both teams are four and zero. They won their league openers. They score about 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. Give up two touchdowns or fewer. But then you look at some of the opponents the Skippers have played, and it's mm-hmm. it seems like maybe this is a little bit less uh, balanced than you think. You know, Cohasset beat Atlanta's Charter 14-0. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's Charter is a team Martha's B- Vineyard beat 55 to nothing. Right. And I watched the Vineyard scrimmage against Mashby uh, in August, and Mashby was uh, uh, two levels better. Right. You know, right. At, at every stage, so. You know, I, I don't know what you make of that, but I definitely think Mashby should be able to win this. Also, you know, uh, you look at um, – I'm sorry. You look at Cohasset against Nantucket, and that was just a one-point game, 28-27. Right. Mashby won that game 36-7. to I don't think this is going to be as big a challenge for no. as Abington was. I think it will certainly be a challenge, but I see Mashby winning this one – and from there, pretty much just cruising to a South Shore League Tobin title. And certainly refreshing for fans that they don't have to hit, hit over the bridge to watch uh, their yeah. team play. They finally get a home game. Yeah, right. <laughs> you finally get to see uh, Michael Horn Stadium. But unbelievable, though. I think going in, I mean, we could watch back the tape, but did we, any of us really think maybe they'd go 4-0? I mean, certainly a possibility through for, you know the first four road games. I think we saw Abington possibly being a loss, but... You know, they, they overcame that, and mm-hmm. that's certainly more character than I think we've ever seen out of that Mashpee team to be able to do that. And that's something that I don't think anybody else. That is definitely really one of their biggest wins of this sort of era of these mm-hmm. last four years where they've either won championships or been, been in contention for them. They had a couple. I remember back in 2015, which was the Deshaun Diaz and uh, right. Nick Carpenter team. They had a couple of those games that where they had to get some really big wins. In the playoffs, I remember they had to 
go on the road and, and win against some teams that had beaten them in previous years. Uh, but no, I think this was probably their biggest win of the last, maybe the, I'd say the last three years for sure. Oh, I think I was impressed real too quickly on the Abington game forward. On that last drive, I believe he had like eight consecutive runs, like 51 yards. You know, mm-hmm. it was misty. It was raining out. Just to see him be able to grind out those hard runs, not Absolutely. just the big plays. That's impressive. I mean, that's yeah. old school He's football tough. right there, power football. And, and that's with the team trailing with about five minutes left in the game. Not a lot of time and still enough trust, you know, in your big playmaker to grind out those runs and then capping it off with a seven-yard touchdown run Absolutely. For, the, for the game winner. I didn't even say that is a game winner. That tied the score. And then, and then Xavier Gonzalez coming in and saving the day with the extra point, just snuck over the crossbar, kind of snapped a little behind the tee. But to, for him to be able to put that up on a slippery surface and won him the game. And, yeah. and that's really a key weapon. You know, Mashby does like to go for two. But Treveri trusted his senior you know, mm-hmm. enough to you know put it through the uprights and, and get them the win. Definitely. I also wanted to give a quick shout-out uh, to junior on Mashby, Nick Mar- uh, Bartolome, who has really played well in his first four matches. He's got 35 tackles, which is more than – it's 13 more than Ford, who is second on the team. He's really – you know, Gonzalves, his defensive numbers haven't been quite as good so far as they were last year. Now, some of that I think is because he is getting so much more use on offense. Right. And I'm guessing Treveri doesn't want to just completely exhaust his, mm-hmm. you know, senior defensive end. Uh, but Bartolome is really stepping up to fill some of that gap. Uh, so, you know, he's got that defense. He's kind of maybe emerging as one of their defensive leaders at this point, uh, and it's really nice to see. Yeah, definitely will be key against defending against senior quarterback Matt Lund. You know, very mobile, but, you know, if we've learned anything, Mashby's had no problem dealing with <laughs> guys off the edge and, and containing them in the pocket. So Absolutely. They got two home games. They, they host Cohasset this week. That's a 7 p.m. start. Then they host Hull. I think it's also a 7 p.m. start. And then they finish uh, at St. Mary's, rematch of last year's state semifinals. So, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Mashby and Abington met again in, in the postseason. Oh, I think they most <laughs> – I think there's a very good but chance But there's no guarantees that. in football, as we know. But that win over Abington more or less field, guarantees yeah. they'd, they'd have the home seed, even if neither of them get the number one seed. Uh, but if Mashby goes undefeated in the regular season, I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. they will. Uh, at least now they'll be ahead of Abington, and I think that's a very nice uh, prospect for uh, the Falcons. Right. We'll go through real quick the other matchups, you know, just kind of a sense or two on them. You know, Friday night, the Vineyard is at Greater New Bedford Voke. Uh, Greater New Bedford Voke is not having a particularly good season. They're 0-4. I think the Vineyarders can win this uh, game pretty easily. Uh, I'd like to see them be a little more consistent on offense. Uh, the Ivan Shepard to Tristan Scheller combination is pretty good. Another touchdown last week. They've done that now three times this season, um, and hopefully they can uh, do that against a, a greater a Bears team that's you know down a little bit this year. I think. Yeah, I think the Vina needs a win in this one. You know, we talked about you know increasing morale this year. It was nice to get that first win. They've kind of you know struggled to put teams away after that, so mm-hmm. I, I think this could be a nice you know little turning point to finish the season strong, no matter where the Vineyards end, if it's in the playoffs or not, which is really tough again as an independent to do. <laughs> Definitely, you know. I, Barnstable is at Durfee at 7 p.m. Barnstable beat Durfee last year. Durfee is 0-4. It was nice for Barnstable to snap a little two-game losing streak last week. I don't really think that was a – certainly on the offensive side that that was a performance that anybody was too happy with. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter Kuski threw two interceptions under 100 yards, not much of a running game. You know, they won it on a Jonathan Silva field goal, which good for him. That was his first career field goal. You know, he's a senior who didn't really play football before this year. 
but I don't think they can count on that kind of defense uh, to carry the day you know, where just three points will do it against uh, the Hilltoppers. Yeah, but you know what? I, I think this was a huge win for Barnstable, just looking at it, you know, beating New Bedford. It got them to 2-2, two and two, and I think this is a Team Durfee they should be able to beat. Mm-hmm. I give a lot of credit to the defense, actually. You know, we talk about, you know, Joey Almoka's senior Absolutely. captain, you know, you know, playing strong on the defensive line. He had an interception in mm-hmm. that game. You know, that long reach, you know, that's not something you always expect, so... He certainly played well. Matt Fredo forced a game-saving Absolutely. Uh, Colby Burke, too, yeah. Right. So, I mean, this was huge because now if you head to Durfee and you get the, you know, you get to three and two, set yourself up a lot nicer for the, the postseason than otherwise, being Absolutely. at one and three and having to depend on the end of the season. You know, the Barnesville finishes out. I believe they host bridgewater Raynham. Uh, after the Durfee game, they host bridgewater Raynham, mm-hmm. and I think they go – to Dartmouth. Dart. Dartmouth is their final opponent. Yeah, those are the two Old Colony League uh, opponents. So, you know, if, if they can win those, they'll probably have a high seed in the playoffs. Even without it, you know, if they can get four wins, that probably – that might be enough to get them into the, the D2 South playoffs. Right. But um, I, I think two of their next three are certainly winnable, and, and if you win those two, I, I think you definitely set yourself a better chance to get a, a home game. Definitely. So um, yeah, Nosset was uh, certainly impressive too over yeah. the uh, over the weekend, getting their first win over Marshall since 2012. Again, proving the Marshalls a little bit down this year, yeah. but really impressive second quarter. I mean, all of Nosset's points, and we've seen this. We've seen Nosset have really good quarters, maybe mm-hmm. not put together a full four quarter game, but 21 points in the second quarter and a 21-13 win. Bobby Joy two touchdown passes. Mac Labarge ran for the other score. Mm-hmm. Um, they come up and they play. They at Wareham 7 p.m. Uh, this Friday, and again, you know, Nasset only lost Wareham by seven last year, yeah. and I was with Wareham and a very good running back, Isaac Nascimento. Yeah. If they were close last year, I think they should have no problem going on the road and beating the um, excuse me, the uh, Vikings. Vikings, thank you. <laughs> I almost said Gateman. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Wareham is is another team that's not uh, like in a in a particularly you know they're down this year. They they have not recovered from losing Nascimento and some of their other key players from last year. You know, I I think. Nosset should win this game, and then they'll be three and two, and they'll have a good chance at finishing third in the Atlantic Coast League, which would be a real high finish for them because they have been fourth or fifth for the last couple of years for sure. Um, um, and then just real quickly too, so Nosset's also looking for its first road win since I believe the beginning. This is October 2016, so mm-hmm. certainly they'll be looking to uh, to get a win on the road away from. The home De- turf. <laughs> definitely. We also have a, a nice South Coast Conference uh, match, which is Bourne uh, at or Fairhaven at Bourne at 7 mm-hmm. p.m. Bourne is three and one, one and one, the, one and one in the league. Fairhaven is two and two, one and two in the league. You know, Ryan O'Connor and Jamin Scott both coming off real good games last week. They each had two touchdowns. You know, Bourne, the loss to Case, I think, is going to make it pretty tough for them to win the South Coast Conference small. But if they can win this. That'll set up a, a winnable game against Seekonk, uh that could for second place, basically. Yeah, I mean Fairhaven, they played Case a little bit closer. It was twenty-one eighteen. I think it came down to a well, basically throw three points mm-hmm. of field goal. But what, what Fairhaven rather rallied in that game and, and certainly showed some potential. You know, just doing some research on them. Um, Alex Dialamita is stepping in for quarterback after their starter Brady Bennett broke his collarbone in the opener. So mm-hmm. he's done a nice job leading Fairhaven, and and they fought well behind him. But I think if that Bourne front four can can give um, 
give him some fits. You know, Spencer Rosierson, ball hawking, seems to have yep. an interception, some sort of turnover every week. Absolutely. I think that's going to make the defense and at Bourne at home. I, I think that's going to be a good good chance for Bourne to, again, if they can't win the South Coast, be that second team. Mm-hmm. But Seacock's not going to be easy either. I mean, you, you saw them last year, <laughs> you know, compete pretty well. and uh, Definitely. And, I, and two years ago, Seacock, I mean, they knocked off. I remember in the playoffs, they knocked off Nantucket, who right. was, I think, the number one seed, and, mm-hmm. and they beat him in overtime. So, right. you know, the Warriors can always uh, surprise teams uh, for sure. Uh, we also have Lowell Catholic against St. John Paul II at, uh, Ma- at Mass Maritime. That's Friday at 7 p.m. You were a lot more confident than I was that uh, St. John Paul would beat up Matinon and <laughs> St. Joseph Prep last week. You were absolutely right. I think Pope John the 23rd is the only challenge left for the Lions to right. win the Catholic Central Small. Really, the only challenge this week is to not have a mental letdown. Lowell Catholic is 1-3, and three, and mm-hmm. I think SJP should be fine in this game. Yeah, I should expect another big game from Darren Katz. If, you know, Mike Sachs has done a nice job under center leading them. Really, the defense, though, has been big. They seem to have a defensive score. And, you know, Every week, you know, Kevin Flynn was delivering the boom. Mm-hmm. A couple other guys in there on that defense. So, Lions certainly, uh, it's not just the offense. That, that defense has been very strong this year as well. Um, and then finished up uh, on Friday, Upper Cape at West Bridgewater. Upper Cape, again, another tremendous comeback yeah. and, and showing grit. You know, they were down 20-7 to at halftime to Cape Tech. Mm-hmm. They scored 20 unanswered points, won it with a big run from Cesare Salim, who's really been a great playmaker all season long. Five touchdowns in the last right. three games. Upper Cape's only problem, four turnovers. You know, yeah. they, they, they still won the turnover differential because Cape Tech turned the ball over five times, but still, definitely... Rams got to cut down on the turnovers. You know, when you get to big games like this, West Bridgewater is going to make you pay because we saw it against the Vineyard. We saw it against, you know, other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Bridgewater's got a good quarterback. And then a quick side note, too, uh, Upper Cape coach Ken Owen, that was his 198th win um, as a total coach. He obviously mm-hmm. hasn't spent all that time in Upper Cape, but um, two more to get to 200 would be there a great you. accomplishment. For sure. You know, and this is already a better season than Owen had with the Rams last year when they only won two games. You know, this this game against West Bridgewater, they're both Mayflower Athletic Conference teams, but they play in different divisions, so the stakes of this one aren't aren't as much. Uh, West Bridgewater is in the comprehensive division, and Upper Cape, I think, is in the Vokes Small. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Upper Cape just wants to kind of keep this going. They are definitely, they've kind of rallied together after that really horrible accident, uh, you know, playoff injury, I'm sorry, practice injury, practice injury a, couple, yeah. a couple weeks ago that, Turned out to not be as big a deal, you know. It was just a concussion, um, but they have definitely rallied together. So I remember talking to Owen afterwards, and he said, "Yeah, the next couple of days we had our best practices ever." And maybe it wasn't hyperbole. Maybe they did really come together mm-hmm. after that. Uh, on the Saturday games, there's three Blue Hills at Cape Tech at 1 p.m. Blue Hills won that game 20 to six last year. Crusaders. They need to cut it down on their errors on their you think? <laughs> yeah I, I mean that that's what's really keeping the Crusaders Cape Tech back right. is just flags and penalties that are wiping out touchdowns right. and things like that you know if they can do that they can win this game but I, I think Blue Hills is probably the favorite to win it mm-hmm. right now um, I'm really interested sandwich at Marshfield at mm-hmm. 2 p.m. I mean sandwich again this seems to be the bottom feeders of the ACL yeah I didn't expect this game to be the the game that decides fourth and fifth in the ACL, right. but I think that's what's going to happen. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, Sandwich did put up much of a fight against, you know, Falmouth. However, you know, they still have some playmakers on that team. And, you know, if Nossett can post and beat Marshfield, then I think Sandwich has a fighting chance. But 
Um, you know, we'll see. Again, this is a long project for coach, first year head coach Matt McLean, and I think you know they need to, to build some of the youth in that program before they're you know really becoming contenders. Definitely. You know, last week, so sandwich quarterback Nick Brown, he looked okay in his right. uh, in his half, but he only played half a half the game, and then the second half it, they subbed him out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if they'll go with him to start this one. If Cam Lopes is healthy like fully healthy, he, when they, he, they gave the ball to him, he could make some plays for them. Uh, and if they can put him in at quarterback finally, which was what he was slotted as to start the game, the season, they got a real chance to win this one. Right. Defensively, you know, I still think Marshfield's best player is Robert Vialisi, their, their running back. If they have Wait, to over... You mean... Marshfield. He's off. He said defensively, or does he get two ways? Sandwich yeah. on defense has right. to stop Marshall's best okay, gotcha. player, right. who I think is Robert Violisi, their running back. The question is, are they going to try to do more, commit more of their defenders to the passing game, right. having been burned by it against Falmouth? If they do, Violisi is going to have fewer people to beat. So that's, I think, the chess game is how much defense do you commit to pass defense? Right. And final matchup, Monomite and Nantucket. Nantucket's had a nice little turnaround since you know losing their first two of the season. Mm-hmm. Got the win over the weekend against West Bridgewater. Devontae Usher was outstanding in his first game back. From a hamstring from injury, injury, yeah. yeah. So um, I could see him running wild here against Monomoy, which at times has really struggled to defend you know, high-octane offensive teams. Mm-hmm. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Nantucket won their third straight and really got their playoff chances back on track. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I see. I think this one could come down to uh, basically Usher versus Isaac Hart, who is coming off an 134-yard rushing game. He had a right. touchdown. So that um, so that's uh, Saturday at 5 p.m., and that's it for football. Right, yeah. So we'll stay with Nantucket real quickly on the boys' soccer front because it was a big showdown over the weekend on the Vineyard. Nantucket ended up beating Martha's Vineyard 2 to nothing. Both teams were previously unbeaten. You know, Nantucket, 35 goals for it, zero against still. Yeah. Huge credit to their goalies. And, geez, I hate saying this name each time, but Viannis Valentivicius. I'm not even going to try it. Valentivicius. Valentivicius, thank you. And then um, Jermaine Fearns also stepped in, too, and played some Mm -hmm. goals. So both of them played in uh, the win over the Vineyard. Uh, Mario Reyes had uh, had one of the goals, and Chris Amaya had the other. So Nantucket seems to be rolling. You know, they, they weren't phased by the challenge against the Vineyard. These teams actually play again on Nantucket mm-hmm. uh, 1 p.m. Saturday. So um, really great season. really great start for the Whalers so far. For sure. Another really big match this week in boys soccer is uh, Nosset at Sandwich on Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Nosset is 8-0. Sandwich is 7-1-1. Both are undefeated in Atlantic Coast League uh, play. You know, the Warriors have the better goal differential. They've scored 37 and only allowed four but Sandwich, you know, 22-5 and five is very good. I, Steve Tang, uh, Tangilli is really shooting well for the Blue Knights. You know, I don't uh, – I think I still would pick Nasa to win this one. They've kind of had their way with the right. ACL for, I think, like eight years now. Uh, but this should be a really good matchup and certainly probably a close one. I mean, if this is 1-0, I would not be surprised. Right. I mean, it's sometimes, though, because we, we put so much hype on like teams that could come close to NOS, that these seem to be the games where they show up what show what they're really made of. That so is also true. If it comes out 5 nothing, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised either because, you know, NOS, we've seen their firepower before, and we've seen it against schools that, no offense to Sandwich, are much bigger and, and have mm-hmm. a lot more talent. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited to see what the Blue Knights have put together this year, 7-1-1, certainly an outstanding start. 
sandwich hasn't beaten Austin since 2012 where they got a one nothing victory. So, I mean, look, anything's possible. But, um, you know, both teams play on turf, so there's really no... I guess disadvantage. I think Sandwich the is the only team that could challenge Nostin in the yeah, ACL ab- this year. Absolutely. I mean, Matt Surdy has been outstanding this year, as has been Tommy Hayes. Mm-hmm. With, both of them are among the league's hottest scorers with 10 Gwilig. So all of them have been outstanding. And then, um, you know, even if Sandwich doesn't win this game, certainly they've they positioned themselves well for a playoff, you know, for a high playoff seed. Um, they get a rematch against Marshfield later this week. Mm-hmm before hosting a stingy Dartmouth squad, which beat up on Marshall pretty good last week. So Sure. Um, Turning over to girls' soccer, I the Cape and Islands League is very interesting in girls' soccer this year. I, I think it's kind of, at this point, become a three-team race between Sturgis West, Monomoy, and Nantucket, and we have a lot of league matches this week. Sturgis West has rising tide today. Thalmouth Academy, who is never a team you should sleep on on Tuesday, and then St. John Paul on Thursday. Nantucket has Monomoy on Wednesday and the Vineyard on Saturday. And then Monomoy obviously has uh, also plays St. John Paul today and Falmouth Academy on Friday. So, you know, these Cape and Island League teams, they just keep playing each other all year. But this is a big week for all three of these teams. And if one team has a letdown, this might be the week one of them fall, kind of falls out of the race a little bit for the league title. Yeah, and I'm really looking at, at Monomoy here because if if they can't win their match rematch against Nantucket, you mm-hmm. know, at uh, 4 p.m. Tuesday, um, I think that puts a big damper on their chances because they got to go play West again. Um, you know, West has looked outstanding so far. You know, that that win over Monomoy was really big. Oh yeah, it just might be that loss against Nantucket that might end up hurting them a little bit at the end. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's certainly uh, one of the more unpredictable races that we've seen because. It, it's just been so close you know, mm-hmm. amongst the three teams. Somebody's beat somebody, then that team loses to another. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a vicious cycle. So um, really surprised by Nantucket. You know, at the beginning of the year, we thought it'd be Monomoy and Sturgis chasing for the title and wouldn't be another three-team race in South Academy. Fell off the back a little bit. Right. But Nantucket stepped right in, and, and they've had a great season so far. Absolutely. Uh, Maggie Dever, though, has been really great for the Sharks. Um, she, had two, uh, she scored in a uh, 2-0 win over Sturgis East. Over the weekend, I think she's a player who could really emerge and get Monomoy out front because I think they have the most talent, you know, across the board to uh, to win the to win the league. Well, I think their goalie Josie Ganshaw is probably the I mean, best right. goalie in the Cape and Islands, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and she's really been back there uh, for a, a few years now for the Sharks. So right. this is also Barnstable Falmouth week in a lot of sports too. Mm-hmm. So Barnstable's at Falmouth for girls soccer at 4 p.m. Tuesday. Um, it was great to see over the weekend, you know, Lexi and Livy Veritimos, freshman twins, um, they both scored. It, it was in a loss to Plymouth uh, North. But um, this team's really young, and, you know, Kate, you know, Captain Kate Bruce is just a sophomore. Uh, Barnstable, I could see they're, you know, they're building a really good program. They're 2-2-2 mm-hmm. two, two two far, so far this year, but um, definitely in years to come, I could see them becoming one of, if not the best team on the Cape. Uh, but you can also say that of Falmouth because they have, you know, sophomore Ariana Sylvia who continues to mm-hmm. score at will. You know, players like Tori Ralston has also been really good sure. for Falmouth this year. So um, certainly Barnstable is going to have to crack down on those two or otherwise Falmouth can win this one running away. So. Yeah. Um, on the boys' side, real quickly, too, Falmouth visits Barnstable at 6 p.m. Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Falmouth has struggled this year in the rivalry, but, you know, it's a rivalry. It brings out the energy in both teams. Definitely. But Barnstable four and three this year. Colin Vester has been really solid goaltender. You know, Macaulay Wallace and uh, Jose Suazo have commanded the back really well. And 
Charlie Clark's great finisher up front yeah. for Barnstable. So you were at, I believe, were you covering the game last year that was Falmouth and, and Barnstable? Yes, soccer? Yeah. I covered the one in Falmouth, which was basically one on a PK. Yeah, um, very and, intense. And yeah. these two teams don't like each other, so <laughs> <laughs> which always make for a good one. Um, and then we should go to field hockey yeah. real quickly. Yeah. Um, not a lot of games this past week, but uh, DY did score an impressive three nothing win over Sandwich. You yep. were at that game, mm-hmm. you know. It was Kayla Gaffigan show all over again. Yeah, you know, and Ava finally got her her first start. She's kind of she's the last of the McGaffigans, basically. So that right. was nice to see. You know, she was matched up against Macy White, who is the best scorer in the league that doesn't play for DY because right. DY has the right. top three scores <laughs> in the league, which is why they are dominating pretty much every game right. they're playing. Um, you know they didn't give up a penalty corner in the second half. You were more confident that this would the game would go this way than I was. I thought it would be closer. I think DY honestly, if DY doesn't lose a match until the playoffs, I would not be surprised at this right. point. Uh, it definitely is an interesting week. They got a host bishop staying. Mm-hmm. They go to Marshfield on Wednesday, and then set sets up a rematch against Falmouth at Falmouth on Friday. So definitely circling that one because hey, look, you know we've seen DY. They they beat a team Barnstable seven nothing, but then they also they ended up tying zero zero. Yeah. So it's not always been the same. It's hard to be completely consistent through all twenty something games throughout a year or eighteen whatever yeah. DY plays. <laughs> and Falmouth beat DY at home, right? You know, not too long ago. So, so. Th- there's no guarantees there. Um, but that's certainly the game we'll be looking for. Um, Falmouth does have a test itself when it uh, plays Barnstable on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a team again that that played DY to a scoreless tie. So. No givens there. You know, that's two that's a matchup of really two good goalies, you know, Ali Alasusi for Barnstable and Hannah Toby for Falmouth. Mm-hmm. So um if that one was a scoreless tie, I wouldn't be surprised either because both goaltenders have really done a nice job keeping their teams in it this year. Definitely. And we'll certainly have to see how Quinn O'Rourke plays against a Barnstable team that again has been really strong on the defensive front. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have just – I wanted to briefly mention the Vineyard Field Hockey team uh, who have played really strong. Addie Heyman has been their their big person – you know, they're real, like, driving offensive force. Uh, but I also, what I liked about their 5-0 win over Nantucket is that Heyman didn't score and the team still played really well. You had Healy Meter and Mackenzie Condon each scoring two goals. You got a goal from Abby Marchand. Ava Ben-David had an assist. Skyla Harthcock had two. That's a complete team when they can get that much production from players that aren't Addie Heyman. I think they are probably going to cruise to a Cape and Islands League title this year. Next step towards that is Tuesday uh, against Sturgis West at Simpkins Field. Right. And then let's just move over to volleyball real quickly as well. Um, Bourne finally lost a set, but they ended up winning, <laughs> rallying to win 3-1 against Greater New Bedford. You know, mm-hmm. maybe not to the extreme of Mashby, but I'm sure Coach um, Andy Mather was happy to see his team actually fight, not just, you know, have to cruise and win a game 3 nothing, but um, Definitely. Um, good performances from Maddie Stuck. She was amazing on the defensive side, something like 38 digs or something like that. On the defensive side, Michelle Gallarani is another player we haven't talked to about too much, but she's been a nice opposite side hitter. Mm-hmm. She had 12 kills. She's someone who's been really key on the attack with Cammy McEnough and Emma Fenton, mm-hmm. who we mention a lot, especially on this show. Definitely. Oh, and Bourne Santino has already clinched the postseason, surprising <laughs> absolutely nobody. Um, but, you know, we saw that with, I think, NASA Boys Soccer is also already in the tournament spot. Again, no surprises, but. You know, if you can clinch your tournament spot before October, that's that's, that's pretty, pretty impressive. good. Yeah, if you can get it done in <laughs> September, that's not bad. Um, Born host Case and Greater New Bedford this week. You know, two of the better teams of the Canalmans Conference. But mm-hmm. um, if neither of them could topple, then I wouldn't be surprised if Born was able to finish this out. No Undefeated. Problem. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, Barnstable continues to roll. You know, they had three wins this past week, including a 3-0 win over Hopkinton. Again, no surprises there. Yep. But I tell you what, what did caught our attention was Sandwich Girls Volleyball. Their third come-from-behind, 2-0 come-from-behind win to win it 3-2. Just unbelievable how the Blue mm-hmm. Knights were able to do that. You know, Just reading the game right there, they were trying to you know, do something different with their sets. They went back to the original and it seemed to work. So I guess the old adage, if it, don't, if it ain't broke, don't exactly. fix it, applies to Sandwich in this case. Yeah, and there are a couple of teams, you know, in the ACL and volleyball that are pretty strong this year. Falmouth is playing really right. well. Shea McLeod for them, I just want to mention, she's got 53 blocks. That's right. the best in the state. Right. I mean, yeah. she's the best middle blocker right now in the state, uh, and that is definitely paying off for the Clippers, I think. Yeah, it certainly um, makes other teams on their attack, you know, it forces definitely them, be more pinpoint, be more accurate, keep it away from her as much as possible. Exactly. It means a lot more like attempting opposite side and and. Right. and off and trying offensive attack options that aren't as right. comfortable for a lot of teams. So, but I just wanted to mention the Blue Knights too because without the three wins this year, you know they'd be two and six and they'd be zero oh and three in the ACL. Mm-hmm. Now they're four and four, two and one in the league. Really keeps them in contention for a league title. Which again, Falmouth seems to be the front runner, but nothing set in stone yet. Still have three more conference games. Or excuse me, they have five more conference games. To, Agreed to play. So this certainly isn't over, and it'll be interesting to see these teams step on the court against each other. Definitely. Um, I think that'll just about yeah, do it for I, now. Um, that'll do it for this week's episode of Cape Sports Now. Uh, you can find uh, uh, links to this episode and previous episodes on capecodtimes.com slash Now. You can find this video and other ones on the Cape Cod Times Facebook page. You can also download these episodes through your podcast app, through Apple or Android products. Uh, and you can follow, for sports updates, you can follow the Cape Cod Times Twitter feed, Sports CCT. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Matt Goisman CCT. That's M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. I'm also on Twitter at, at Steve Dardarian. That's S-D-E-V-E underscore Dardarian, D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. Matt, Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.